Although Valentine's Day is right around the corner, that didn't stop several from getting their hearts broken in the NFL as they either got fired from their jobs or they just did not get hired for a new job. We have now seen a full-on you know, assault, not assault, but full-on just slaughter of head coaches in the NFL. And now there are eight positions that have been filled, and we are going to cover that today. I'm your host, Matthew Raritan, and this is Total Sports Talk Beyond the Lights. What's going on, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Total Sports Talk. We are survived that hangover of episode 50. What a celebration that was, but here we are at episode 51, and today we are going to cover all the head coaching vacancies and now who has filled those positions, and we're going to rank them on how we feel that we think the rank, the, how it, it went and where we're going to put that, and then we are going to discuss at the end just how similar our rankings were. We have not discussed this prior to the episode of who we think uh, it was the best hire and who we think was the worst hire. So I'm interested to see if we all have that in common. And also, there is going to be a fun fact. I want to see if you guys catch on throughout the episode about these coaching hires. And at the end, I will discuss what that fun fact is. But first, I want to introduce my co-host here today. First, we have David Street. What's up, y'all? And secondly, we've got Ed Smith. Welcome, y'all. Well, just like I said, there has been a plethora of coach firings and coach hirings, and we are going to just take a deep dive into how we feel about these hirings. But first, before we get started, I do want to give a huge shout out to ADP. Those guys over there at American Daily Press are awesome. They are a buddy news organization that is seeking to bring truth and legitimacy back to the world of journalism. Their mission is to empower readers with accurate, well-researched information to foster a deeper understanding of our world, breaking through the propaganda and and arming the people with truth. They also just announced a host of new podcasts they are launching and supporting, including us here at Total Sports Talk, Guys Night, an innovative show with no soup for Knowles. So if you're looking for truth, Look no further than AmericanDailyPress.com. Head on over to their site, sign up for their weekly newsletter, and follow them on Twitter. Give them a like and share as well. But guys, I want to talk about these coaching hires. And the first place, the first destination I want to talk about is Atlanta. Atlanta has now hired Raheem Morris as their head coach. For the for the record, everybody, um, none of us dis, uh, discussed this uh, before, so none of us know uh, what our respective rankings are. Just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, this is all blind to us, so that's why I'm interested to see if we have that in common or what. So we're gonna find that out here. But uh, Raheem Morris, guys, uh, this is one of those hires that I don't hate. 
but I don't necessarily love this hire. Although Morris has really made a name for himself as a defensive coach, um, how has he really done as a head coach? And has he ever been a head coach before? And the answer is yes, he has. And well, David could tell you all about this as his stint in Tampa Bay as a head coach, but he only won 17 games in three seasons as their head coach down in Tampa Bay. But I really like the way he coaches defense. I mean, we saw what he did with the Rams as they faced the Bengals in the Super Bowl. But granted, the Rams did have a lot of great key defenders on that team, some of the likes of Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald. But uh, Raheem Morris is, I feel like, a really smart defense coach. And he was in that that same uh, defensive uh, coaching that Mike Tomlin was in when he was down in Tampa Bay when they won a Super Bowl against the Raiders in, what was that, 2002, I believe. So he's been around for a while. He has seen a lot of things. So that's why it's it's that I don't hate it, but I don't love it mentality that I have for this hire because – uh, he has been around for a while, so he has seen a lot. But when he was given the opportunity to be a head coach, it didn't go so well for him. But he could have learned from them. So I'm interested to see how much he grows from that time of being a head coach to now going through the uh, defensive coordinators with the Rams and how things are going to play out now. So that is something to keep an eye on uh, for me, but it's one of those that it's kind of in the middle. It's kind of a toss-up to me of how much I like it versus how much I don't like it. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and start with the first ranking out of the head coaching vacancies that have now been filled. So it's one through eight, guys, but for me, I'm going to have – Raheem Morris at five on my list. So one being the best, eight being the worst. I have him at a five. David, what are your thoughts? So, um, yes, Raheem Morris does have a head coaching experience, but his head coaching record ultimately isn't isn't great. And, you know, the Rams did win the Super Bowl um, under him, but it helps when you have guys like Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, and also uh, Von Miller. But, you know, for what it's worth, Raheem Morris was actually – um, a coach in Atlanta for a few seasons. So there is a familiar familiarity aspect there. Um, but I'm going to go one below you, Matthew, and I have Raheem Morris ranked number six on my list. Okay. Ed, uh, where do you got him in your rankings? I've got I've got him actually one below that. I've got him at number seven. Uh, he's a defensive-minded coach in a, for a team that has offensive star power in the making and – we just don't know why they would go defense when they have so much offensive talent to develop over the next few years. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, uh, there's kind of been a – we're going to talk about there's been kind of a, a trend when it comes to that. But, uh, yeah, going into a, a team that does have the the keys at offense is interesting with a, a defensive-minded coach coming in. But that brings us to our next well, – well, what's up, there? There you go. There goes our chance of having unanimous rankings. <laughs> yeah, yep, there, there it is. It's already snapped right at the first one, but I love it. I mean, we, we were five, six, and seven, just like that. So, um, but mm-hmm. that does, we are going to stay in the, the NFC South here as we are going to go over to Carolina here with Dave Canales. And David, I want you to go ahead and talk to us about his hire there. Yeah, so. When it comes to uh, Dave Canales, um, he does have a proven uh, track record in one key area, and that is 
Um, he led Geno Smith and Baker Mayfield to career years. You know, these are, you know, two quarterbacks who otherwise are not exactly known for uh, being elite. So clearly uh, Dave Canales knows how to work magic with quarterbacks. And he's going to a team that, of course, employs Bryce Young, a former number one uh, draft pick. Um, so having a guy with that kind of experience, um, that kind of resume is huge. And also, uh, Dave Canales is bringing some experience with him. You know, he he took two of our coaches from from Tampa Bay, uh, Harold Goodwin, the run game coordinator, and uh, Joe Gilbert, the offensive uh, line coach. So I think there's a lot of potential uh, for Dave Canales. But I think there's also a lot of question marks as well because, for one, the but our running game under Canales was putrid. You know, when you're the when you're the offensive coordinator, you're you're not just in charge of the passing game; you're in charge of the running game as well. Now, whether or not that that had to do with personnel issues in Tampa, that maybe he won't have in Carolina. Although I don't see how that's possible since Carolina was obviously much worse than Tampa. But I don't know. Like maybe maybe the run game will be good under Canales um, in Carolina. I think Chuba Hubbard has a lot of potential. He almost had a thousand uh, yards uh, this season. And then the other thing too is that Dave Canales was an offensive coordinator for just one season. And personally, partially out of selfish reasons, but personally, I think Canales needed at least one more as the offensive coordinator uh, in Tampa. But listen, I don't, I don't blame him. He made a career move. He's obviously going to get paid way more as a head coach than as an offensive coordinator. So he made the best move for himself. So I don't blame him, but ultimately where I, where I would rank him guys, um, I would, I have him at number five. So I kind of have him in like that, that middle area. Um, you know, like I said, I think there is clearly potential. The guy has proven, um, that he can, um, that he can, uh, work with quarterbacks very, very well. Um, but like I said, there is a lot of question marks and it doesn't help that he's going to have to deal with arguably the worst owner in the NFL, um, in, uh, in David Tepper. Um, but, uh, Ed, um, so I have Canales number five. Where would you rank Canales on your list? Well, I would have the job ranked much lower than what I have Dave Canales ranked. Uh, the job for Carolina is a lower end job of the uh, of the opportunities that were out there. But I have the higher of Dave Canales being number three. This is a guy that I would consider a quarterback whisperer, and that's what Bryce Young is going to need to get his confidence back to stay in the pocket in Carolina. Fair point. Matthew? Yeah, I actually have him at four um, because there are several of these openings that uh, you don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be. Where Carolina, you know it's going to be Bryce Young. Um, There is an uphill battle there, but I have him at four just because of that. Uh, The Carolina is not really the place to be because of all that's happened there as of recent. But uh, I think that he has something special there, but uh, I have him at four, but um, this next coaching hire, this actually kind of surprised some people, even though we knew eventually he'd get a head coaching job kind of came out of left field because there wasn't a whole lot of rumors about it. Um, But that, that that's a, okay. It just didn't get leaked, but uh, that is Seattle. They have found their new head coach. And that is Mike McDonald from the Baltimore Ravens. Ed, I'm interested to hear what you have to say on this. Well, isn't it interesting that there are basically three coaching trees that are that have completely taken over the NFL? Uh, there's the uh, Shanahan coaching tree. There's the um, there's the Bill Belichick coaching tree. 
And now there's the Harbaugh coaching tree. It doesn't matter which Harbaugh. It's just one of the Harbaugh's, <laughs> you know, and part of the reason why you didn't see a lot of uh, talk about Mike McDonough, Mike McDonald taking over uh, for Pete Carroll in Seattle is he's been a Baltimore guy ever since he got into the league. Yes, he took a year and went and worked for Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, but for the most part, he's been with John Harbaugh, you know, working his way up the rank from coaching intern to defensive assistant uh, coordinators, you know, all these different levels. And this was just the next logical step for him. I think he is you know, in a position to where the job itself only needs him for a couple of years uh, because of the ownership, you know, fluctuation that's going to happen in the next few years. That puts the job itself at, at a little lower level. But the coaching hire himself as a ranking, I would put him at number five simply because he's a defensive minded coach, you know, replacing a defensive minded coach at a at a, a spot where there's ultimate turmoil above him and he's got to find some way to get offense onto the field. So I'm not in love with this hire. And that's why I have him ranked at number five for myself. And Matthew, what are you thinking? You know, I actually have this at number three. I really love this hire. I know he is replacing a defensive minded, uh, coach but it's kind of a, a new age we are seeing that now that it is kind of changed a little bit and I think bringing Mike McDonald in there especially with him going to Michigan and then coming back to Baltimore to kind of see those things I see him being there at Seattle as a really great head coach and you have young talent like Devin Wither Witherspoon there and they they don't know if Geno's going to be their guy on offense so there is question marks there but at least we know that this guy could coach the defense and he's he's proven that but David how do you see this one I'm in complete ag agreement with you Matthew I also have Mike McDonald um third on my list I I love this hire I think this is an absolutely phenomenal hire for the Seahawks um because as I've mentioned many times before, the Ravens historically good defense under McDonald. And yeah, I, I understand the whole, you know, idea of, well, they've gone from one defensive minded coach to another defensive minded coach. But I think the reason why going for a defensive minded coach in this case is actually a brilliant idea is because you're in the same division. Um, you're in, you're in a division with one team that employs Christian McCaffrey and another team that employs Puka Nakua, two of the most lethal weapons in the game today. And personally, I think bringing in a guy who can assemble and, you know, run the kind of defense that's built to stop these kind of, you know, modern style offenses in, in the NFL, I think that could be absolutely uh, crucial. So I love this hire and I have him number three. Well, what's interesting is this next guy I'm going to talk about, I thought for sure was going to Seattle. There was something about it that I thought I saw his name and I instantly thought Seattle, but it did not quite happen to work out like that. And I'm talking about Dan Quinn, who has now been hired as the Washington Commanders head coach. And I, this one's interesting because I really saw Dan Quinn going to a team like Seattle, who still has promising pieces there. I did not expect to see him going to a team like Washington, who 
really does not. I know that Washington has a lot of money to spend, and they are, you know, they will be drafting very early, but I was really thrown off guard with this hire here because not that none of us really saw it coming. It's just that it never, in my opinion, made sense. That's why I thought, all right, he's going to stay back in Dallas. He he has amazing pieces there on defense with Micah Parsons. You're going to have Trayvon Diggs come back after his injury You know, next year. You are going to have a lot of key pieces at defense that's only going to propel you even more for maybe another head coaching job that opens up next year if there is one. But that is the risk that you play is – do I go for a head coaching job now or do I stay at this position, which we have seen with Eric Bieniemy, who is also in Washington as a coordinator still when anyone would have killed to have him at head coach. But uh, Dan Quinn, we saw what he did in Atlanta and he's your your typical 500 head coach. Uh, I mean, he has, I want to say, a career record at uh, as a head coach at like 503. So he's right there at about 500. So He's he's going to give you some wins, but he's going to give you some losses as well. That That's essentially what it is. But he's gone to a Super Bowl where we saw an epic collapse, which we've talked about it many times before, 28-3 to deficit. And the next year, you know, he didn't let him phase him as much as they made the playoffs again the next year, but then they lost uh, to the Eagles. But it's just – I don't know how Dan Quinn's going to do this time around. Uh, he had the talent in Atlanta, especially on offense, even though he's a defensive-minded coach. But Washington, I don't know. I mean, is Sam Howell really going to be their guy? I don't really think so. But how are they going to draft this upcoming draft? It's important. And they do have the money in free agency. So who are they going to be looking at? But uh, they feel that Dan Quinn's their guy, but I'm just not quite sure about that yet so as far as the hiring goes I'm actually going to put this one at seven I think he is pretty close to the second to worst hire or at least fit right now I just don't like the the hire as much but that's just how I feel David I don't know if you're in agreement but how are you feeling about the hire well, Matthew, this is actually kind of crazy because I'm pretty much on the exact opposite side of you. I have Dan Quinn number two on my list. And the reason why I have him that high is because he does have the head coaching experience to help him. He took the Falcons to uh, the Super Bowl. Now, if you want to make the argument that that was more Kyle Shanahan, okay, we, we can hear it, but that's an argument for an another time. But Dan Quinn was also the architect of one of the best defenses that we've ever seen. And as the Cowboys defensive coordinator, the Cowboys had a top five defense under uh, Dan Quinn. Okay. So Dan Quinn has, um, you know, he's proven himself as an excellent defensive uh, minded coach and he does have head coaching experience. And who knows, like he, he could be, he could be exactly the kind of head coach that Washington needs right now. Like a man who can kind of uh, uh, steady the ship there. So um, maybe this is a bit of a hot take. But I really like this hire, and I have him number two on my list. Ed? Uh, I'm kind of in between on you guys. I've got uh, Dan Quinn at number four. And, Matthew, you bring up some great points there, you know, about what's around him going into Washington. The point about him being at a 500 record, that was including the losses that he had after he had built that team built the Falcons to go to the Super Bowl 
you know, and when you add those losses after that, when the team basically folded in on itself after that Super Bowl, that doesn't tell the story of a coach that helped raise a team from the ashes within two years mm-hmm. to go to a Super Bowl. And that's what I think Washington's getting out of this. You know, I've talked, you know, several times on this show about uh, the having the new owner trying to scrub Dan Snyder out of names off the walls in Washington with the new uh, developing player personnel uh, GM. And with Dan Quinn, I think if they put their heads together and do it right, this is going to go go very well for them. I do have this at number four for my, for my ranking. Okay. 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 Well, I feel like this next hire here, we're probably going to be a little unanimous, but that's just, that's just my guess here, but we're going to talk about it some more here. And Ed actually specifically going to talk about it, but that's the new England Patriots gone with Bill Belichick and in with the new, and I'm not talking about mustard. I'm talking about Mayo and that's Gerard Mayo. (laughs) Yes, yes. We, you know, being in the South, we love using mayonnaise and mustard in our potato salad. And, you know, <laughs> I, I'm a mayonnaise guy myself, but not in this spot. This is, this is a really a head scratcher of all head scratchers in this uh, coaching carousel uh, through this uh, hiring period. Because this is, this to me screams. I want everything the status quo of what it used to be, not what it is now. And, you know, hiring Mayo it basically hours after uh, letting Bill Belichick go, they said parting ways, but we all know what it was. You know, let Bill say that instead of saying he was fired. Um, this is a guy that he only started coaching after – being a player in New England, coached in New England as an inside linebackers coach for a couple of years, and now he's the head coach with no other head, no other NFL coaching experience. This this screams desperation of what it used to be, and I don't think it's going to work out well for for them at all because it's going to take a whole lot more than uh, just you know the fact that you wore that that emblem on your helmet while you were in the league as a player uh, for you to be successful in the same spot. And not to mention uh, Bill Belichick's coaching tree is not the greatest. There have been a lot of fall flat on your face. Uh, Coaches come out of the new England area. And I think this is going to be another one of them. You know, what, uh, what do you guys think? Oh, Ed, uh, I'm in. Well, what, what what about your ranking? You didn't you didn't get your ranking. Oh, the ranking itself, I have him dead last. I, <laughs> I figured. That's, I had, I've got him at number eight, no problem. <laughs> yeah, I figured that. Um, uh, Matthew, you can go, and then I'll uh, go after yeah. you. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think it's also a no brainer of being uh, dead last as well. I have him at eight. Uh, it just didn't make any sense. It's more than just a head scratcher because they had this planned. It sounded like actually for a while, it sounded like Gerard May, Gerard May was going to be their guy going into the year. They, they knew that this was going to be Belichick's last. And it's like, that's the guy who you planned for. 
because it, it, it almost makes it seem like this was a last resort because of what the what he brings or the lack thereof. So I have him at eight, and David, I'm sure you're right there too. Oh, I'm in total agreement with the both of you. This is far and away the worst hire. I have him eighth on my list. I mean, I mean, Ed, you said it yourself. He was only an inside linebackers coach. So, like, it wasn't like he was leading the entire unit. He was only leading part of a unit, right? Because there's also the outside linebackers, and he was only leading the inside linebackers. And, um, and you know, he's the only he's the only coach, the only new hire on this list with no prior head coaching slash coordinator experience before. Literally the only positive thing that Mayo has going for him is the fact that he played for the Patriots and he coached with them. So he does have familiarity there. But beyond that, this is easily the worst hire. So for the first time, we're in unanimous agreement here. Yep. Yes, we are. But, um, you know, this next hire could be a toss-up here. Um, And this is over in Las Vegas. And it seems like nowadays – when you hear the Raiders, there is a lot of question marks or there's a lot of drama. Um, and, you know, this hire here was very interesting. So Antonio Pierce with the Las Vegas Raiders. David, you know, tell us about that one. Yeah, so when it comes to uh, Antonio Pierce, listen, there's no doubt that the Raiders vastly improved uh, under Pierce. But before we get there, um, Pierce has arguably the one trait that you need the most as a head coach, and that is trust and respect of the locker room, okay? Because let's, let's remember that Max Crosby pretty much said, hey, if Antonio Pierce is not hired as the uh, full-time guy, um, then I don't want to be in Vegas anymore. I want to I wanna play for another team. Um, like that just shows you uh, the, the the kind of respect um, that Pierce commands his players. That you know your best player, the the, the face of your team, um, respects you that much that he, he doesn't want to be there anymore if you're not hired as the full time head coach. Now circling back, the Raiders vastly improved um, under Pierce. Um, first eight games under uh, Josh McDaniels, they were Daniels McDaniels. They were three and five. And then the last nine games under under Pierce, after McDaniel's got fired, um, they were uh, five and four to end the season. And you know, just just look at the stats across the board. Um, you can just see the clear and obvious uh, improvement there. Um, you know, when it comes to uh, rankings, I have Antonio Pierce uh, number four. Um, I understand that he's he's only been an interim. But you can you cannot, in my opinion, you cannot deny the improvement that the Raiders um, displayed under Pierce, and you cannot deny um, the obvious fact that the players uh, love Antonio Pierce. So I think the Raiders um, did the right thing by going for the in-house hire hire here, and I have Antonio Pierce uh, number four on my list. Uh, Ed, how about you? Where do you rank him? I have him at number two for every reason that you said. I. You know, you can't you can't bring in somebody from the outside and automatically know that they're going to have the trust of the locker room. So having him already there in place, you already know what you're getting out of him as a head coach, and he's going to improve in the offseason of being a head coach. I don't see how this isn't a isn't the second best move uh, of these coaching hires across the board. Matthew, I love it. Well, uh, Ed, I'm in complete agreement with you. I actually have him at number two um, I for all those reasons as well. And, and to give an example, I'm going to talk about a guy really quick that we have mentioned on here, and that is Dan Campbell. 
the respect and the faith that his players have in him and vice versa shows you where the Lions are now today. They from where they were to where they are today because they have that trust and faith in their coach, uh, regardless of what he calls. And I saw the same exact thing with the Raiders when it came to Antonio Pierce. They love this guy, and he loves them too. And he's he's a Raider, and that's what it showed at the end of the day. And they realized that, and they they upgraded him to from interim to actual head coach. So I love the hire, and I think uh, you're going to see. Uh, you know, good things with this hire too. I think it is going to pay a lot of dividends for uh, the the team and the fan base. So, yep, I have him at number two. But out there in the West, we did see, you know, the king of the wild, wild West come over, and that is Jim Harbaugh himself. The national champion Jim Harbaugh from Michigan Wolverines has now made his way back to the NFL with the Los Angeles Chargers, and guys, I absolutely love this hire. I was very happy when I saw this because I knew going into it, when they fired Brandon Staley, which they should have done a long time ago, there was one guy I had my sights on for them, and that was Jim Harbaugh. We knew he wanted to come back to the NFL. He had said before that he didn't want to, especially after uh, he didn't get the Vikings job. He was like, I'm content in college. But once I saw they won the national championship and the witch hunt the NCAA has on him, I said, this guy's out. He's going back to the NFL. And there's one team that he needs to go to, and that's the Los Angeles Chargers. Pretty much the only team that had an opening where – they had their quarterback. I said earlier the the Panthers do with Bryce Young, but he still has a lot to show for. Justin Herbert, on the on the other hand, he has not peaked. I, in my opinion, I don't think he's peaked, but I think that he has shown so much of his potential that he could be one of the top quarterbacks to come. But he needs that guy to guide him. And who's that guy that's going to guide him? Well, a guy who played quarterback for them actually when they were the San Diego Chargers playing down in Qualcomm and that's Jim Harbaugh. So Jim Harbaugh, it, he brings a lot to this team. But the reason why I love this hire more is he kind of did the Dion approach, but in a great way is he brought his luggage with him down to LA. He brought some key people to the uh, to the Chargers from Michigan, people who with him had a lot of success in Michigan. So I really love this hire. This was something that not only this franchise needed, especially with what they've gone through with Brandon Staley, but this is what Justin Herbert needed. Most of these great teams in the NFL right now, the one thing they have in common is their quarterback and how excellent they are and their relationship with their head coaches. We're seeing that with Mahomes and Andy Reid. As much as you want to hate them, they are incredible because they have each other and he helped shape uh, they helped shape each other a lot too. Jim Harbaugh is going to do exactly that with Justin Herbert. So no surprise here. I have Jim Harbaugh as my number one hire of the offseason. David? Oh yeah, totally. This is far and away the best hire of the offseason. I have Jim Harbaugh at number one as well. And why? Guys, the only thing I need to say is that Jim Harbaugh led went led the 49ers to the Super Bowl with Colin freaking Kaepernick as the quarterback. And now he has Justin Herbert. Enough said. Number one easily. Ed. I think we we all know that I'm going to say absolutely 
we're in agreement here uh, because there really is no second choice as to who the who the second best you know across the board is. You know, you know when we looked at you know Pierce as uh, being number two, only two of us said so, uh, simply because we have seen Jim Harbaugh not only take an NFL franchise uh, to the promised land, didn't quite uh, get the ring, uh, and went Thanksgiving with his brother, but uh, he did go through college at two different stops and was dominant at both and eventually won the national championship with Michigan this past season. You know, this is a guy that is a head coach. This isn't a coordinator that is trying to be a head coach, you know, which is not something I can say for most of the coaches on this list. You know, there, there really isn't retreads as far as coordinators uh, trying to be head coaches here. Uh, but Jim Harbaugh is the one true head coach of head coaches out of this list in my mind, because even with Dan Quinn having the head coaching experience and going to the Super Bowl with him, uh, part of the credit that he got off of that was off of Kyle Shanahan. You know, let's be honest with that. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's work with Matt Ryan was huge on that. But Jim Harbaugh, he is far and away the best coach out of this group. Yeah, best coach, and I think uh, one of the better teams to have a position open as well solely because they have their guy at quarterback where some of these are kind of up in the air or they're still having to prove themselves as a young quarterback. But, uh, you know, here's a team that has a lot of question marks as far as uh, who's going to be their quarterback. That's the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans have brought over Brian Callahan, and David's going to kind of talk us through on this hire and if he likes it or if he doesn't like it. Yeah, so Brian Callahan was the offensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals for a few seasons. Um, And, you know, with Callahan as the offensive coordinator, um, Joe Burrow has generally been a very good quarterback. And the Bengals did go to uh, the Super Bowl in 2021 uh, with Callahan as the offensive coordinator. Now, that being said, there is one huge problem. And Matthew, can you guess what that problem is? No Joe Burrow? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is definitely a problem, but that's not what I'm looking for. Ed, can you guess what what that one huge problem is? Uh, No Derrick Henry, and you have Will Levis. (laughs) Yes, those are problems as well, guys. But the answer that I was looking for is he never called the plays in Cincinnati. Zach Taylor calls the plays for the Bengals. Now, I don't doubt that Brian Callahan, you know, presented ideas for Zach Taylor to work with. But like at the end of the day, how am I supposed to trust you to run an entire team and, you know, seemingly the offense when you weren't even the one calling the shots at your last stop? So let me just, let's just get into the rankings here. Okay. I have Callahan as uh, number seven for the reasons uh, that I, uh, that I gave out, you know, he's never been a play caller. So how, how am I supposed to trust him to run an entire team? And also, the Tennessee Titans have, like, things in Nashville are looking very bleak because, one, he's more than likely uh, not going to have Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is probably going to bolt out of Nashville. And, two, he's dealing with one of the worst quarterback rooms in the entire league with uh, Will Levis and uh, Ryan Tannehill. So, 
Good luck, buddy. But that's where I have Callahan, number seven. How about you, Ed? Well, one of the one of the advantages that I actually I give Mike Callahan in my ranking, which is going to be number six uh, out of eight, is the fact that him being an offensive-minded guy and helping with the development of Joe Burrow uh, is going to help uh, with him being hired to really develop Will Levis, you know, and work with the offense in Tennessee because uh, apparently Tennessee wants to, you know, have their identity be on their offense. And Mike Callahan is, has done well with developing, not not through the play calling, which I totally get your point, David, but through a development of talent. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we all see the, the arm talent of Will Levis uh, we just got to get in his head and see if we can, you know, rattle around some quarters in there and make sure that he can uh, throw the ball where it's supposed to be, as opposed to just rocketing something, you know, into a DB's arms. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's Brian Callahan, not Mike Brian. Oh, my 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 bad. <laughs> it's all good, man. We we all make mistakes. It's all good, Matthew. Yeah, you know. David, I knew that was your answer because that is as far as the play calling goes because that's why I have him at this spot in my rankings because of his lack of play calling. Uh, that That is a really big deal and that is a big con to me. But it it wasn't the worst hire that, in my opinion. Yeah, we talked about you know a guy named Gerard Mayo as the worst hire and yes, Tennessee has a guy who likes Mayo in his coffee, but that is not – why it is that he is not the worst hire. I think that he does have potential because he has been a part of the development of Joe Burrow. But let's not forget, guys, he was a quarterback coach when the Broncos won the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. Granted, Peyton Manning was already one of the best at that time, so I'm not saying he had anything to do with his development, but he still had his ear. He still Well, and let's not forget, Peyton Manning sucked that year. So let's not give Callahan too much credit for that. No, that was the year Peyton Manning was. That was the number one offense in the NFL that year. Oh, 2013. That was a year after. Was it? The, well, they lost against Seattle in the Super Bowl, and then they won the next year. So Right, oh, okay. and that was the year that, he was, that Peyton Manning was a hindrance more than he was a help. Oh, okay. I, I, see, I see what you're saying now. Carry on. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, so I have him at number six. Um, it, it wasn't the worst. It wasn't the second worst, but to me – uh, the play calling and being a head coach, a first-time head coach, is going to be a, an issue for me. Uh, and I think with the Titans, it's going to be kind of as well. But I have him at number six in my ranking. Perfect. Um, now I will uh, tally everything up. And uh... Well, while David tallies these up, I'm going to actually talk about I'm going to talk about my fun fact here if you haven't caught on. But I'm going to give you guys another hint as I talk about it. I'm going to start at the beginning here, Atlanta. Uh, Raheem Morris took over for Arthur Smith. Arthur, Arthur Smith got the boot. And where is he now? He is now a offensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Then on to Carolina, which we know Frank Wright got the boot as well. And where he's at now, I don't even think he has a job uh, at the moment, but I could be wrong. Uh, Seattle, Pete Carroll is gone. Uh, he has not been hired by anyone else. Uh, last I know, he is in the fran- he's still within the Seattle franchise, but he wants to coach. 
Washington and Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera is now nowhere uh, with a coaching job, uh, uh, to my knowledge, at the moment. Las Vegas, they had Josh McDaniels as their head coach. He got the boot. He is nowhere uh, as well right now for a coaching job. And then we have New England, where we have Bill Belichick as one of the uh, highly regarded uh, head coaches in all of football. Uh, he was interviewing for several positions and ultimately did not get any of the positions. And then the Chargers with Brandon Staley, he did get a, I want to say, a defensive coordinator position job. Um, Philadelphia might have been, or where did he go? Um he just got hired somewhere, but um, I think it was Philadelphia. Uh, he interviewed with the Packers, and yeah, oh, the Cheeseheads came out with their pitchforks. Uh huh, and rightfully so. And then uh, Tennessee Titans and Mike Vrabel. This was a surprising one to me because I thought he was going to be a highly regarded coach to be hired, uh, but he has not been hired anywhere right now. He's probably waiting for Ryan Day to get fired in Ohio State. He'll eventually go there, but. With that being said, that is my fun fact. If you haven't caught on, all the head coaches that lost their jobs did not get any head coaching jobs at any of the other openings. So Bill Belichick, when he got fired, even though it was a peaceful firing, you thought for sure he was going to get a head coaching job somewhere, and he did not. So it is kind of shocking that all the head coaches that got the boot did not get a head coaching job anywhere else, and for the majority of them, don't even have a job right now. So uh, that is my fun fact for these coaching uh, hirings and firings. But, David, where are we sitting at with these uh, rankings? Have you been able to tally them up yet? Uh, yep, pretty much. Let me just check to make sure that I got everything uh, that I got everything right. Okay, um, uh-huh. Yep. Making a list and he's checking it twice and he's got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're you're look at right. <laughs> all right. Um, mm-hmm. And that okay. beard turns gray. We all know who Santa Claus is. <laughs> <laughs> Not Tim <laughs> Allen. <laughs> all right, guys. I have it. Are you all, are you all ready? Let's all right. go. So th- this is the official uh, uh, TST uh, ranking list. So all of our rankings combined on, on average. This is who we have on average. Number one, no surprise, Jim Harbaugh. We were all unanimous there, okay? Number two, Antonio Pierce. Number three, Mike McDonald. Number four, Dave Canales. Number five, Dan Quinn. Number six, Raheem Morris. Number seven, Brian Callahan. And number eight, Gerard Mayo, our uh, other unanimous ranking. And there you have it. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, some of us were kind of spot on with that, and uh, you know, we were we were unanimous with our number ones, our number eights, uh, as those were pretty obvious. But in between was kind of a toss up. Uh, we didn't know how the rest were going to guess, but it was ultimately we kind of shared our opinions there, and for the most part, we were kind of pretty close. That there there wasn't many that were pretty far off, but I kind of want to just talk about briefly is how shocked are you guys that Bill Belichick did not get a head coaching job? Because it it sounds like he still wants to coach. It's just new England didn't want him, but now we're kind of finding out, well, neither did anyone else. So David, are you kind of shocked about that? 
I mean, surface level, it sounds shocking, but I'm not exactly shocked, Matthew. And the reason being is because, one, the the dude is in his 70s. Like, he's 70, 71, uh, 72. And, like, most of these coaches are very young for a head coach, I think, um, unless I'm unless I'm mistaken. Um, I think the only, like, old guy is uh, uh, Jim Harbaugh. But uh, everybody – well, I, I, I think Dan Quinn is almost the same as Jim Harbaugh. But the point is, most of these guys are fairly young for head coaches. So Bill Belichick's age doesn't help them. And, guys, we've talked about it several times before, okay? Bill Belichick's record without Tom Brady basically speaks for – itself right now and, I, and as we've also talked about several times bill belichick is a brilliant defensive mind i have no doubt that if belichick decided to kind of tone it down and just want to be a defensive coordinator there will be teams calling him right now okay but when you have the accolades that belichick has as a head coach like you would be insane to want to demote to a, a coordinator position um so no i'm not surprised and listen i understand that supposedly belichick wants to uh um, break Don Shula's win record. Um, but dude, who cares? You have the most Super Bowls as a head coach. You have the one thing that matters the most. And I understand wanting to go out on your own terms, man, but man, you have nothing left to prove. Yeah. I mean, Ed, are you kind of feel like that as well? Not really shocked, but are you shocked? Well, to look at it from a franchise's perspective, uh, Bill Belichick has been a GM with uh, the New England Patriots for most of the time, if not the entire time that he was in New England. So you take a, a coach that is at that age, as David uh, astutely brought up, he would be looking to have that GM role as well when there's a lot of owners out there that won't put up with that. They want to have a GM that they can work with in the front office that's not also spending time being a coach. You know, so that's a big part of it. And who knows how much longer Bill Belichick would be able to coach even if he got the job, how effective he would be with the players that he would be dropped into to have around him. You know, it's not it's not on the side of the franchises uh, of these teams uh, to have an older coach that is used to pulling all the strings to step in and basically take over your whole organization just because he's Bill Belichick. I, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever because and it would only be for a short term anyway because he's certainly not going to be a head coach all the way up until he's 80, you know, trying to get that last win. You know, it's it, – that idea screams to me like seeing Johnny Unitas play in San Diego, you know, seeing Joe Montana play in Kansas City. You know, those those players that just held on too long, they were still effective where they went, but this is the coaching equivalent of those players being in the wrong city. Emmett Smith going to Arizona. It was just devastating to see – you know, those players that are so tied to a franchise's history put on another uniform. And that's just not something that, you know, as fans, I don't want to see. I I want to remember Bill Belichick as a Patriot, you know, as a head coach and mostly as a coordinator with the Giants. 
that's the picture I have in my head of Bill Belichick, and that's what it, it just needs to be. Yeah, I'm, I'm just shocked, Ed, that you don't want to see Brett Favre in a Minnesota Vikings jersey. Um, I mean, <laughs> oh, or, a, or you know a what? <laughs> There's a whole section of my memory that I just want to just erase. But <laughs> when you start thinking Brett Favre playing for the Jets. Oh. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but uh, th- that seems to be actually what the talk around town is, is that a lot of these teams didn't want to give uh, – uh, Belichick that control and that's the control that he was wanting in return so that that seems to be kind of on cue what you're saying Ed and it's at the end of the day the these teams went with someone else and Belichick's gonna have to decide do I want to continue to coach or do I want to retire for good because he's gonna have a year to think about it unless someone needs a GM that they want him to be but uh, who knows we're gonna find out but at, at, at the moment, I think he's probably pondering retiring, and I think he should because, like David said, the most Super Bowl victories, it's you've done it. And there's so many more jobs that uh, you can have and stay in the NFL game besides mm-hmm. just being a coach. Absolutely. You know, if you've ever listened to uh, Bill Belichick speak, he is a historian beyond historian mm-hmm. of NFL uh, of the NFL top to bottom, you know, as far deep as you can go. He can give scouting reports of players from the 1920s. <laughs> I mean, that's how deep his knowledge goes uh, within, you know, rosters and plays and the game itself. You know, right. so there's so much more that he can do. You know, he just doesn't need to be on the sidelines uh, in today's game. And the dude clearly despises the media. So, buddy, why do you want to keep dealing with that? Yeah, I know, like Marshawn Lynch. But <laughs> um, it'd be I, hilarious if he moved to Cincinnati. <laughs> oh my gosh! Literally, we're on to Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, that's about all we have today, folks. Um, I am really interested to hear what you guys have to say on these rankings i'm sure if you're a chargers fan you will definitely have harbaugh at one if you're a raiders fan you will are not raiders um if you are a um oh gosh who did we vote last um patriots patriots Patriots. definitely not vote gerard mayo last but you don't uh, want him last but deep down you know he's last yeah you have to know he is but but let us know how you feel, though, on these rankings, uh, if you agree with us or where uh, you are at in between, because uh, these are just our opinions, guys. It's not that we have any say in on these rankings it, um, as far as they care. It's just more of how we feel that they these hirings are. And I mean, for the most part, we're kind of in agreement on a lot of things or we're somewhere in between. We're right around there. But I want to hear what you guys have to say. So drop in the comments uh, your rankings. Also give us a like, a subscribe, and share these videos as well. We really appreciate your guys' input and all that you guys do for us. But till next time, guys, we are rounding third and we are headed for home.